Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm here with Lou Weiss. In case you're not familiar with Manufacturing Talk Radio, we reach out to people in the manufacturing industry and get them on the air to ask them the questions you'd like to ask them if you were having lunch with them. So today we are going to be speaking with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business that the Institute for Supply Management puts out every month. And uh, that looks like a very rosy number, Lou. Uh, we're excited to have Anthony on. What do you think, Lou? Well, I think that uh, this may be one of the first times that I remember, and maybe it's not true, but I remember it anyway, <laughs> that non-manufacturing beat manufacturing. Ooh, that's so we a good need point. we need to get a, a definitive answer on that from our uh, humorous uh, Anthony Nieves. A- Anthony, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you, gentlemen. So Lou's right. Sixty-one point six beat out the non-manufacturer or the manufacturing number of I think it was fifty-nine point six or two Eight. or something. Uh, how did that happen? Well, that you know, good. to to lose a, a point about beating out the manufacturing. Not that we're in competition, but I do like coming <laughs> yeah, ahead. Of course not. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you look back, non-manufacturing has um, had a higher composite index a number of times, and most notably was going into the last recession, as I always say, that manufacturing tends to lead in and out of the recession. But good. when you look at the, the composite index, we we've definitely have exceeded um, the number of, that, that was on the manufacturing side. But uh, once again, when you look at it in totality, uh, it's all about the overall economy. And uh, when we look at this month's Composite index, I must say, an all-time high since the inception of the composite index in January of 2008. This is the highest reading we've had for the non-manufacturing sector. Is that right? That's unbelievable. That's terrific. That's terrific. We have to thank somebody for this. I don't know if it's uh, Washington or ISM. Yeah, we're giving Anthony (laughs) Nieves the credit for a number this good, Anthony. So thank you for producing the report for the. So I appreciate it. I think I'm going to go tweet about it right now. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Manufacturing Talk Radio praises Anthony Nieves for blah, blah, blah. That's right. <laughs> okay, Anthony, give our listeners kind of a summary, uh, your front page information. And for those of you who are listening, the report can be found on instituteforsupplymanagement.org under news and research. Uh, also help put together by a gal by the name of Christina Cahill, very, very sharp analyst. Anthony, what's what's the summary overview here? What's really good? Well, when we look at the report overall, uh, very strong, as I mentioned, with the all-time high in the composite index, and I'll touch on the uh, four indexes that comprise the composite index. Business activity at 652 that's the highest reading since January of 2004, and that's up 4.5 percentage points from the reading last month of 60.7. Then you look at new orders, which tells us what's in the pipeline going forward, 61.6, not as sharply uh, up as uh, 
what we've seen in the uh, business activity, but still 1.2 percentage points up from the 60.4. And the fourth index that comprises the, uh, or the, should say the third index, the component uh, employment index, 62.4, up 5.7 percentage points. And this is a high uh, for this uh, uh, reading that's, uh, since 1997. Uh, so this is also telling us, uh, regardless of the capacity uh, issues and employment resources issues, we're still seeing employment grow. Uh, again, 5.7 percentage points. And the last uh, index that comprises the uh, composite supplier deliveries continuing to slow, 57 from 56, up one point, uh, one percentage point. And our respondents are telling us that uh, there is a backlog. Uh, supplier deliveries are slowing because of supplier backlog. So, but overall, that's that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It tells us the the strength of what's going on as far as uh, activity in this sector. Yeah, it's clearly very very strong. I'm just curious, the employment number, Anthony, is that bumping up because of the upcoming holiday season, or is that just a natural progression from the previous? high NMI reports? It's a, it's a because of the previous high. And, and employment, it's, it's one of those indexes that could be either leading or lagging. And the reason why I say that is because um, it takes a while to ramp up the resources. And mm-hmm. sometimes when companies have insight as to uh, potential volume down the road, they'll start gearing up. But we've had this shortage of workers in particular areas as we know, skilled labor, uh, most notably. But then this we're seeing as activity has been going strong and we've had these capacity constraints, and part of that is the employment resource. This is the catch-up from trying to get ahead or stay with, I should say, not so much get ahead, but stay with the current volumes of business that are across all these enterprises and industries that comprise this sector. Okay. Um, In terms of... Uh, this big bump in business activity on, on your report, it's you know, you know, production on the manufacturing side, but business activity on your side. Anything in particular that drove that number? That's a great question, and um, I, I can give you some contributing factors, and uh, some of the, the, the highlights would be uh, from our respondent comments is that uh, if you look at the tariffs uh, being implemented, there was a lot of activity in anticipation of rising costs or increased costs, so trying to get ahead of that curve. And that was happening both on the import side and the export side, and we saw those indexes also uh, affected by this. Then you throw in the September 30th um, end of the fiscal period for municipalities, public administration, Our respondents told us that they were trying to accelerate and get capital expenditures in and budget expenditures before losing the dollars that were allocated to them by the ending of their fiscal period, which was, again, September 30th. Mm -hmm. So I think those two factors, uh, the tax cuts, um, high consumer confidence, commercial confidence, uh, just a a lot of different things uh, that have contributed uh, to this robust economy and and the activity supporting it one of the things that uh, Tim Fiore mentioned to us regarding the manufacturing report was that 
this long drawn out sustained upward economy uh, had a lot to do with the fact that when we came out of the great recession of 2008-9 that it wasn't a spiked recovery that it was a long 45 degree angle uh, uh, recovery uh, is that in your opinion a, a reason why this is going on as long as it is with the potential of continuing into perhaps uh, 19 and maybe beginning at 20 that's a push that's- that's a great question because um, I think Tim hit it right on the head. He hit the nail on the head with that. We, especially in non-manufacturing, we were exhibiting uh, for this sector uh, slow, incremental, steady growth. And it's been for 104 consecutive months when you look at the composite index. And it, there were some spikes here and there, upward and downward, but they were more uh, – here and there, a month or two at the most, never any long trends. It was very steady as it went. And uh, now uh, we've had some, we had that cooling off period in June for the non-manufacturing sector, then two consecutive months of growth. And now we've had this sharp uptick here. And how sustainable is it? I don't know if we'll see the same rate of growth going forward. Because uh, that that just I don't think the sector could really maintain that, but I don't see significant uh, pullback either, uh, just because of where the new orders index is. And uh, so going forward, uh, how long will this last? Great question. All indications are, and from what I've been reading from other reports and other analysis is that we can see this going uh, anywhere from two to five years longer as far as continued growth for this sector uh, for the overall economy. So that remains to be seen. But 2019 is definitely uh, within uh, eyesight and uh, for certain. Uh, so 2020, again, uh, my my feeling is just based on what we're seeing numbers-wise that uh, we can continue definitely for for a couple of years here. I'm going to go out and buy my Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get it in five years. (laughs) Elon Musk is not going to be the man at the top, so maybe they'll actually get production out. Well, he's got a Um, three-year or two- or three-year suspension period from Chairman of the board. Yeah, three years. There was a little slap on the wrist. Yep, that was a big slap. I wish I had that kind of pocket change for that fine. <laughs> yeah. what, what was the fine? Twenty-five, thirty million. Twenty, 20 million interest on his net worth for a month. Yeah, that's, we figured that out yeah. the other day. Yeah, at today's interest rate. So, uh, Anthony, the uh, report overall. I just want to talk about imports for a moment because we have heard uh, now for a couple of months that. The supply chain managers are trying to pull stuff through sooner than they might normally because of the tariffs, and we know that new tariffs are going to be bumped up in January to 25% on many goods. What's our expectation that the supply chain managers are still in that hurry-up offense against the tariffs? Is that something to be expected? Yes, and that's what we're seeing as uh, one of the contributing factors uh, for the numbers that we're seeing right now. There is that 
uh, anticipatory action by them to uh, really get things in. Um, it depends on. I think we have a, a shorter cycle time, a shorter cycle time than you would see on the manufacturing side for transposing goods uh, to the consumer or end user, versus uh, what you have to do in production and assembly and production on the manufacturing side. But still, uh, things like retail and others are definitely looking to pull the items in quicker uh, in anticipation of that cost. Because as we've spoken about in the past how much of that true cost can be passed on uh, through the supply chain and not absorbed when you have other uh, variables to consider, such as the global economy and competition and transparency into cost. These are some of the things that have mitigated uh, a direct pass-through on total cost for some of these products at this point. And again, it's still too early uh, at this this juncture, and Mm -hmm. that also remains to be seen what the actual increase will be. So let me ask you, if in fact uh, the administration, through some miraculous wave of the wand, decides to do away with the tariffs and we're all making nice-nice with all the countries around the world, does that mean that the economy tanks? Interesting. Uh, No, I I don't think so (laughs) at all because right now – the tariffs are just con- contributing to an already strong economy as far as more so on the activity side. Mm-hmm. And we're not seeing – we're seeing some inflation at this point, but it's not a sharp increase. So I don't foresee it uh, negatively impacting if for some, as you say, miraculous reason we have a whole entire trade dispute settled tomorrow. Uh, it won't be the case and it's influenced some um, manufacturing uh, domestically, but not uh, significantly enough to really offset, or it's it's just more contributing to where we are right now. So I think the way things have been set up, going back to this 104-month trend for the economy, <clears throat> that uh, this is just one, one variable in there. Uh, going a little further into your report, uh, if we're ready to move on to that, noticing uh, about your reported uh, commodity uh, price increases and short supply, um, it, it's interesting that metal products, uh, which is n- near and dear to our hearts here at uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, is that uh, the aluminum and steel and metal products are uh, going up in price, uh, and they are in some cases in short supply as well, uh, from what we're hearing in you know from the market. Um, doesn't this also do something to the prices in terms of becoming inflationary? It does, but again, we have we still have competition out there, and that competition helps to mitigate. Uh, the pass-through of mm. total cost increase. Mm. Not saying that some doesn't get in there, as we're seeing in the rising right. prices, but it mitigates the total pass-through, and that's why it gets absorbed somewhat in the supply chain. And I've spoken about this in the past on the show, how manufacturing companies are suppliers or providers to non-manufacturing, and they will 
do things to absorb cost or mitigate the cost pass through so that it all doesn't flow through entirely uh, through mm-hmm. the linkage of the supply chain. Anthony, when you're looking at this report, is there anything that kind of popped your eyes where you went, ooh, wow, that's that's not something I expected? How about the NMI composite index? <laughs> I first received the data. I looked at that. I go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let me tighten my seatbelt here. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a number. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, and uh, by the way, some of the – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say I was uh, asking Christina today about um, – uh, we spoke last week about it, but then I asked her today about looking backwards and applying the methodology of the composite index to see how far back it went. Because it, it, we started with the composite back in, as I mentioned, January of 2008. But if you apply it going backward, uh, backdated to 1977, uh, some interesting tidbits of information. We had a 62 back in August of 97. A 61.2 in uh, January of 2004 and a 61.3 in August of 2005. But yet this 61.6 is just incredible. And so was I surprised? I looked at that and I said, oh, boy, let me see what the rest of the data looks like. And then the (laughs) business activity was as strong as it was. I was like, wow. And then I was really blown away by the employment index going up 5.7 percentage points. Mm-hmm. We knew that unemployment was was low. Uh, we all, from from previous uh, reports and and other data, other reports that are out there, and yet this was surprising. And and again, this being such a labor intensive uh, sector, um, as employment goes, that's how this sector goes, and that's a really really good number at 62.4. So uh, from many of the shows that we've done and discussions that Tim and I have had with uh, uh, manufacturers throughout the country, so the unemployment is uh, drastically low, um, but it also then adds to the skill gap and the retiring baby boomers and the the millennials, uh, at least as their reputation goes, they're not really willing to work real hard and not real big on production. Um, How is this going to all play out in terms of we don't have enough people to fill the jobs when the orders are so high? Yes, uh, and that's a great question, and that's what's contributed to the capacity uh, constraint that we've had. Uh, That's also uh, slowed the deliveries and created the backlog but those aren't necessarily uh, bad things. Um, you know, supplier deliveries does factor into the composite index, and that when you have the demand that high, uh, it just really uh, helps to uh, keep the economy humming along without overheating too much. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if we had all the workers to fill everything and everything was done that quickly? I mean, we would be mm-hmm. maybe perhaps the train could run off the tracks. <clears throat> right. Well, it's interesting you say that uh, Tim and I had a meeting yesterday with a digital marketing company, and uh, they, you know, they're trying to uh, sell us on their story and, and their program and so on, which was really quite interesting. Uh, but aside from that, they told us, and I 
presume that this is uh, a true story and not just a sales sales pitch. The point was that they have two clients that after a year of implementing a major marketing program of this past year, they finally approached this uh, marketing company and said, stop. We have to stop the program because we can't handle all the business. And I, I thought that was an absolute startling uh, revelation. So it, it, it clearly was. Um, well, I, I can and, relate to that. I, I understand that if you you certainly don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, and you could <laughs> kill your business in that regard if you don't uh, mm-hmm. if you're not able to meet the uh, the consumer needs there. Correct. Anthony, I'm just curious, supplier deliveries, uh, the industry showing the most slowing is mining. What's being delivered to mining that they're having difficulty keeping up, I don't know, drilling coal? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, We don't get that granular in in analyzing exactly what commodities they they are having uh, delivered. So it's it's uh, tough for me to ascertain what that might be, but we can, as you brought up, it could be anything from uh, any of the um, uh, components they need for their processing or whatever it might be. And it's, it's interesting to see this continually slowing now just for our listeners as they read the report as the number presses further and further above 50 now at 57.0, suppliers are having a more and more difficult time feeding their materials out to uh, their customers. Is that accurate, Anthony? Yes, yes, and and the the method of delivery is also an impediment, as we've talked about uh, overland trucking and slowing Mm -hmm. rail service and those are all contributing uh, factors to uh, the slowing of deliveries and backlog. They're interrelated. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We certainly have seen that there are some struggles. Even in your respondents' comments, there's uh, some specificity in terms of their difficulty with transportation. Everyone's yes. still struggling with it. Transportation and uh, materials, as you said. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Actually, uh, All Metals and Forge Group <coughs> is experiencing this uh, as well. Um, as recently as yesterday, we've got orders sitting on the dock, and uh, some of them are rather sizable orders, 14, 15,000, 30,000 pounds, and that require flatbeds. And flatbeds were never uh, an abundant uh, right. transportation uh, tool. Uh, we're waiting days to get a truck to come in and pick it up. And uh, this has been going on now for a while. And right. uh, as more and more drivers are retiring and fewer and fewer, and I doubt many millennials are going into overnight trucking business, it's going to become a real problem unless, of course, they come up with the, the driverless trucks. Yeah, right. Which they are, actually. Right. Uh, Anthony, I see that, you know, we've heard all of the tariff horror stories, uh, but nonetheless, export orders 
continue to climb. So let me ask you, in the service, I'm sorry, in, yeah, in the service sector that you oversee in this report, uh, what, does it, is, are there any tariff impacts on the um, service? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And, and for this particular sector, not as much as you would see on the manufacturing side, which is mm-hmm. commodity-based. What is exported mostly uh, from the non-manufacturing sector is the whole knowledge management piece, uh, more on the information and technology. And um, some of it may come into with, with some print material and whatnot, but for the most part, uh, not not affected as much by what you see on the manufacturing side. So that whole knowledge piece, strategy development, all of that technology, uh, management of uh, companies, professional scientific and technical services, those are the type of areas of what we see exported to other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty hard to put a tariff on uh, knowledge. <laughs> That'd be a trick if they managed to pull down. What thought are you exporting that we can put a tariff on? Uh, Anthony, in the overall, the report is obviously excellent. You know, one of the things that we listen for as we interview you, as we interview Tim Fiore, is what is that comment that one of those gentlemen made that just kind of stands out overall as, uh, you know, what we call a golden nugget of information that the listeners need to pop back and get into this report and listen to. Uh, In your sense of this, other than this terrific 61.6 number uh, and, and kind of summarizing this segment, What's your, you know, golden nugget to share with our listeners on, you know, where things are at, where things are going? Well, if if we look to the report itself and we uh, look at the uh, highlights of what respondents are saying, and I like to feel that everything that's been extrapolated uh, has the strong relevancy to uh, being reflective of this report. And I always like wholesale trade, and the reason why I say that is because in the non-manufacturing sector, wholesale trade is that piece that adds the time, place, value for non-manufacturing companies uh, through the distribution channel. And mm-hmm. the comment specifically from there is import tariffs on steel, plywood, and other lumber are inflating prices, which are difficult to pass along to the end user due to competitive pressures. Labor and trucking shortages are affecting the industry. Low finished goods inventory is inflating home prices and causing buyers to delay purchases. Now, that kind of touch, touches on many of the things we spoke about. Um, and if you look through the report and see the other comments, they all have that common theme of uh, what is being impacted by the variables uh, surrounding um, the, or involved with the economy today. And yet, and there's a numerous comments that talk about how the overall positive outlook in the economy, about business activity being up sharply. These are all the, the mainstays that are supported by the indexes of the report. And then you look at uh, the, the quote or the comment I just mentioned, <clears throat> that kind of brings it all together in regards to uh, the environment currently in the non-manufacturing sector. Well, that's quite a golden nugget. To me, it sounds more like the whole gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great report, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, fourth quarter and uh, going into 19. I'm very optimistic uh, 
for based on your report and Tim's and others that we've been talking to, and I'm feeling real confident. And actually, I'm going to put the order in for my Tesla as soon as I get off the phone. Nice. <laughs> Well, Anthony, again, thank you for joining us. A terrific reporter. We'll, we'll give you all the credit for it, and we appreciate you being on Manufacturing Talk Radio. I appreciate it. Thanks for the credit. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You be well, and we'll be talking to you next month on Manufacturing Talk Radio. A pleasure as always. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks. And we've been speaking with Anthony Nieves, who is the Committee Chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Non-Manufacturing Business Survey Committee, and they put out a report each month on what's happening in that sector of the economy that's not manufacturing, and depending on who's measuring what, uh, from the ISM's perspective, that's about 85-87% of what's happening in our GDP, our gross domestic product. So go to instituteforsupplymanagement.org or check it out at mfgtalkradio.com where you can find all the information. You can also go over to our sister show which is womenandmfg.com women manufacturing what we often refer to as WAM which is our other radio show that we do every week. And Lou it's been a great report and another great discussion with Anthony. Yeah that's, uh, I'm, I'm really excited I expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm presuming, uh, based on uh, numbers that we're seeing in uh, All Metals and Forge Group, uh, our, our backlog has uh, really skyrocketed. So I'm looking at uh, October as uh, potentially another manufacturing banner month, and I would assume that uh, the NMI, the non-manufacturing numbers, are not going to drop out from under, and uh, it's going to be in that 60-plus uh, range. So uh, we're really excited. No doubt about it. So everyone stay tuned to Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear us every week at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. Thanks again for being with us and listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.